I'm Hillary. I'm Emily. And we're the Sirens. Today we're discussing Funny Face, the 1957 American musical romantic comedy directed by Stanley Donan and featuring songs by George and Ira Gershwin. In it, fashion photographer Dick Avery, played by Fred Astaire, is in search of an intellectual backdrop for an airheaded model and expropriates a Greenwich Village bookstore. When the photo session is over, the store is left in a shambles, much to the dismay of sales girl Joe Stockton, played by Audrey Hepburn. Avery stays behind to help her clean up, and they develop romantic tension. Later, he examines the photos taken there and sees Joe in the background of one shot. He's intrigued by her unique appearance, as is Maggie Prescott, the editor of a leading fashion magazine. They offer Joe a modeling contract, which she reluctantly accepts, only because it includes a trip to Paris, where a famous philosophy professor resides who she wants to meet. Fashion, Parisian escapism, and improbable romance ensues. (laughs) Paris tourism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want to feel like you're going to like a post-war Paris and or stepping into a fashion magazine, this is a good movie to watch. Yeah, that are those are the the key recommendations for this film, I think. Fashion <laughs> plus Paris. Yes. Yes. And if you don't mind a romance where the man <laughs> is 30 years older <laughs> than than the woman. <laughs> um this is for you this this yeah exactly then this is for you um so i have some trivia about this movie i'm i'm hoping that it's really really good i feel like this movie is like made for really good trivia (laughs) well i only picked a couple of things so the role of maggie prescott the magazine editor is loosely based on diana vreeland who's famous for working at harper's bazaar and vogue Mm. um and Miss Prescott was easily my favorite character in this movie. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was awesome. Um, and Fred Astaire's character is based on photographer Richard Avedon. Oh. Who created most of the photography for the film, including the famous face portrait of Audrey Hepburn, uh, which they unveiled in the darkroom sequence. Mm-hmm. And that's like, even if you've never seen this movie, you would recognize that photograph it's everywhere i mean i think it's it's one of the top things that comes up if you google image search audrey hepburn mm-hmm. uh the you know quote-unquote ditzy model marion is played by dovima who is one of the top fashion models of the day and mm-hmm. often worked with richard avidan mm-hmm. and her interest in comic books was inserted into the film because in real life she was passionate about them <laughs> okay i love that that's awesome. i know <laughs> i thought that was funny because they showed her reading comic books to illustrate that she was unintelligent but i think now people would just think that was cool yeah totally uh in order to secure hepburn and astaire on the cast the producers kind of bluffed and told each that the other had already signed because they figured that they wouldn't pass up the opportunity to work together and this is the only film they ever worked together on Uh and this was my favorite piece of trivia audrey hepburn's terrier mr famous appears in the movie as the dog in the basket during the anna karenina train shot (laughs) Uh, did you think that it was super morbid that one of the fashion spreads was 
they were calling it like the Anna Karenina shot. Yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> Cause I was like, you do know it's not romantic. Like if you've read Anna Karenina, the she- it, it ends in death. <laughs> She throws herself in front of a train because her life has become a shambles. <laughs> yeah, there's there's nothing lovely about this. No, so that's what I had for that. It, who did you bio for this movie? So I bioed Kay Thompson, who, like you said, played Maggie Prescott. Yeah. Um, yes, very interesting life. She was born Catherine Louise Fink in St. Louis, Missouri in 1909. She began her career in the 1930s as a singer and choral director for radio. And her very first big break was as a regular singer on Bing Crosby Entertains, which ran from 1933 to 1934. And that in turn led to a regular spot on the Fred Waring Ford Dealer Show, which ran from 34 to 35. And then she later appeared on, um, or sorry, she co-founded the Lucky Strike Hit Parade in 1935, where she met and later married a trombonist named Jack Jenny, who was one of her two husbands. She made her motion picture debut, performing two songs in the musical Manhattan Merry-Go-Round in 1937. And then she appeared in Tune-Up Time a show that was produced by radio legend William Spear, who's her second husband, during uh, one of the uh, episodes of Tune-Up Time uh, in April 1939, 16-year-old Judy Garland was a guest, and it was the first time that the two of them met and worked together, and it was the beginning of a very close personal friendship um, and professional association, and eventually uh, Kay Thompson became the godmother of Liza Minnelli, uh, Judy Garland's daughter. So that's pretty cool. Um, in 1943, Kay Thompson signed an exclusive contract with MGM to become the studio's top vocal arranger, vocal coach, and choral director. She did, like, that was basically her MO for most of her professional life. She served as the main vocal arranger for many uh, of Arthur Freed's MGM musicals and as a vocal coach to Judy Garland, Lena Horne, Frank Frank Sinatra, and Judy Allison. And um, yeah, she was very, (laughs) she worked with a lot of big names in a lot of big movies like the Zigfield Follies, uh, the Harvey Girls, Till the Clouds Roll In, Good News, and the Pirate. She left MGM after working on the Pirate to create the nightclub act k thompson and the williams brothers and apparently that was like the most lucrative nightclub act like in the world at the time yeah (laughs) incredibly um she she only had one major role as a film actress and it's in this movie in funny face as maggie prescott um she lived for most of her life in the plaza hotel in new york city and she became most notable professionally as the author of the eloise series of children's books the eloise character excuse me was developed based on her childhood imaginary friend and alter ego and also based on liza minnelli her goddaughter so that's pretty neat um the book if for folks who are not familiar, it follows the adventures of a precocious six-year-old girl who lives at the plaza. There were four books t- in total that were published during her lifetime, and a fifth one was posthumously published in 2002 that was like sort of put together based on some original manuscripts 
that were supposed to be published in 1964, but um, that was around the time that Kate Thompson was sort of burned out on the series and she said she didn't want anything more to be published. She worked for the rest of her life in nightclubs and television and working on the Eloise franchise. She um, returned from the West Coast to live in uh, New York in 1969, which was also the year that Judy Garland died. She appeared with Liza Minnelli in Tell Me That You Love Me, Junie Moon. And then she, a few years later, she directed a fashion show at the Palace of Versailles featuring Minnelli and the collections of Halston, Bill Blass, Oscar de la Renta, and Anne Klein. She was famously kicked out of the plaza because of (laughs) various reasons, not paying her rent. Um, (laughs) Seems like a pretty good one. Yeah, and there was a change in like ownership for the plaza. It was just, she eventually moved into Liza Minnelli's Upper East Side penthouse. And then on July 2nd, 1998, she was found unconscious in bed and rushed to the hospital where she was pronounced dead at the age of 88. Wow. She had a life. Yeah. (laughs) And I did not know that, that she was the author of Eloise at the Plaza, but that's so cool. And I didn't, I mean, that's, I was not someone who was really like raised on those books, but, Mm -hmm. you know, of course I'm aware of them. And just, I, the fact that it was kind of based on Liza Minnelli and she lived at the plaza most of her life makes it like so much cooler. Yeah, it is neat to like think about how her life influenced the stories that she wrote. And it also like, not to be a jerk at all, but it sort of, her like literary success and her career as a like vocal coach, I think to me explains her performance in Funny Face. Cause the whole time I was like, what is she, she did like come off as someone who like technically knew what she was doing, but was like not a good performer herself, if that makes sense. Hmm. And so like when I was like reading about her life, I, I was, I had kind of an, an aha moment where I was like, oh yes. She like that makes a lot of sense that she would like coach other people how to like she was a better like a star yeah she was a better teacher than a performer herself I mean the one thing that kind of struck me about her in this was that she had a much better voice than Audrey Hepburn (laughs) and like Audrey Hepburn did her own singing in this movie Mm mm-hmm and like her voice was sweet like it was like nice but it wasn't like a show-stopping voice and when they did that duet I was just like this Prescott is so much of a better singer you're making it really obvious like and Audrey Hepburn like had a dance background so I thought she actually did really well in the dance scenes although I know that you know in the trivia it came up that she was very nervous about dancing with Fred Astaire but I thought she held her own well but not as much with the singing like the singing wasn't bad it was just like if you were going to cast for the singing you would have cast a different voice you know yeah it seemed very clear to me that she was cast for the dancing rather than the singing I was surprised they like hear her singing because you could kind of tell that it was her actual voice and in that very first song it seemed like she was speaking instead of singing and I thought oh is it going to be like this way that's the whole movie that she's just really like speaking along to music but eventually she did yeah 
I mean, some people do that. I saw Nine to Five on Broadway, and mm-hmm. Allison Janney was in one of the roles. Oh, which was really cool. But like, she doesn't really sing, so she just kind of talk sang the whole thing, and oh it worked. <laughs> but I mean, it's Allison Janney. So. Yeah. So I was like, I'm I'm fine with this. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so what are your overall impressions? My overall impression of this movie was that it was very silly. (laughs) And I was curious how you were going to frame the plot of this movie because (laughs) as I was watching it, I was like, I don't even know what the plot is. Because the first song that they sing together in the darkroom, he says, I love your funny face. So when like when it seems clear and like they kiss in the first song that they do together the second one he says I love your funny face and then like the rest of the movie she's like in love with him but doesn't think that she he's in love with her and like he literally he kissed you in the first song and then he said he loves you in the second song I don't know like where the confusion is but um (laughs) but you're like read the transcript back right And like, I have a lot of questions like for you about like a bunch of other plot holes. My overall feeling was that it was a very silly movie, but like maybe that's what we needed right now. I mean, we're recording it in a like particularly dark moment. So um, yeah, the world is in not a very good place. So I thought the timing of this was good. so I've never seen the movie straight through, but I've seen a lot of parts of it. Mm-hmm. And my take on it is that like this movie is not about the plot. <laughs> this movie <laughs> is about fashion and like dancing, fashion, dancing and like cinematography, basically. <laughs> it's, that's what it's about. I mean, because a lot of it is just clothes and images Mm-hmm. you know and like framing um and I would also say it's about the charm of Audrey Hepburn mm-hmm. yeah that makes um, a lot of sense because she just seemed like she was having a ball this mm-hmm. is like the most fun I've seen her have in a movie she was exuberant and I enjoyed that a lot um but yeah like I didn't buy the romance I mean they do tell you like oh we're into each other from the beginning but like there was no chemistry there no. Her character was sort of confusing to me because they were trying to say she was an intellectual, but then she seemed very naive and silly, like mm-hmm. about relationships. Like it just seemed like this was the first person who showed like any remote interest in her. And then she was like immediately in love with him mm-hmm. based on nothing. Yeah. When it didn't seem like she would like someone like that. Mm-hmm. And I also was just very annoyed that, like, I mean, this might just be, you know, the time of life I'm in and stuff, but like, she takes this gig that takes her, you know, pays for her to go to Paris and she like doesn't even show up for stuff or like take it seriously in any kind of way. And I understand she didn't care about fashion, but regardless, they were like paying her in some way. Well, and this is like a plot hole where she like, you know she they get to Paris for some reason they're in three different hotels like yeah why was that why why was that why wouldn't you all be in the same hotel firstly secondly like you know they she doesn't apparently like show up to like 
the like at 10 o'clock for the like first day of whatever and they can't find her at the hotel and blah 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 and so then dick goes and finally like finds her at the cafe where like with like the philosophy stuff happening <laughs> and he's like you know where were you and she was like well i didn't know i was supposed to be there at 10 30 and or whatever like at 10 o'clock it was like which like if you take her at her word like what like what is what is the explanation for like why no one told her she needed to be be somewhere at 10 a.m like if you needed her to be there why didn't you tell her why didn't you go get her why didn't you be at the same hotel so that like you're all in the same place and you know and can go together like yeah it seemed like i mean that was like the most important thing about i mean the biggest plot hole in this entire thing or maybe it's not a plot hole but it's just like extremely improbable as they would take someone who is not a model and bait like have the entire magazine and this guy's like collection launch like like she had no experience yeah and not only that like she wasn't even interested in fashion so it's not like she even would have been like oh yeah I kind of know what like I I read the magazines like I see what people do and stuff like she had no background and then all of a sudden they're at these fashion shows and she's like striking poses and also when they're like doing the scenes where they're shooting the looks like in different Mm -hmm. parts of Paris yeah like they got good photography images but a lot of the images they got like didn't even show the clothes off did you notice that like the clothes would be like obscured and I was like no designer who's like giving an exclusive to this magazine would allow these shots to be used like it's the so I went through a phase when I was (laughs) younger when I like got into America's Next Top Model and the Mm -hmm. one thing I learned from America's Next Top Model is modeling is hard (laughs) like it is not just like hey you just look yeah like you know you just like make a face and then they take like it's it is a trade and there are skills that you have to know and you could not just like walk off the street and do it basically (laughs) so that was my biggest problem with the movie overall that and I know that it's not supposed to be like a serious movie um but it was just it was ambiguous I couldn't tell if the movie was trying to say like she thinks she's this intellectual but really she's just sort of like underneath it all she's just like a romantic and she also does like the clothes and everything or if the movie was trying to say no she really is this intellectual and Mm -hmm. she doesn't care about any of this stuff like it wasn't consistent to me Mm -hmm. or like none of none of either of those things matter because what really matters is that the two of these people are in love and they just need to like find each other and get together which like seems ridiculous because again the second song they sing together he says I love your funny face so like (laughs) I don't I don't know what the like (laughs) What the problem is. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that I liked was that when they did scout her, the thing he liked about her wasn't that she was beautiful, but was that she had an interesting face, mm-hmm. which felt true to the fashion industry for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like you wouldn't just want someone who's like symmetrical, but someone who kind of was striking. striking. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's hard because Audrey Hepburn is beautiful. So like, right. It's... So like anytime anyone is like, oh, you're not, you're not beautiful. It's like, have you, have you looked at Audrey Hepburn lately? <laughs> because she actually is quite beautiful. 
I it, this reminded me that I tried to watch this movie like years ago and I thought it would have been like a more I, I thought it was like a more straightforward like realistic movie and then once we once the opening scene was like think pink and they were like painting all the doors pink I just like stopped watching <laughs> that I was like I'm not going forward with this and I I was in a different headspace then and probably like a little bit snobby but like this time I watched it I was like this is great look at it like it was I was it was more of a fantasy the whole thing was a fantasy yeah, yeah I guess that's way a good that's a good way to look at it it's just like a totally yeah it's a romantic fantasy where like there's there is no logic and actually that's like the upside of this movie is that like you're not supposed to think about it you're supposed to like enjoy the fashion and the like the shots of Paris and the like the dancing and ridiculousness of it it's nonsensical is what this movie is <laughs> yeah I mean they they were just having a lot of fun it's, yeah the, can we talk about the interpretive dance that Audrey Hepburn does with the two dudes oh yeah <laughs> yeah well, it, it was so ridiculous. And the idea that she was just like, I just feel like dancing now. I'm going to see what happens. And she yeah. just gets up there and is like, wham, bam. And like the men start dancing with her. It was so silly. And it, it was clear whoever wrote this movie was like, I have a bone to pick with the beatniks and I'm going to have it out right here. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I, like, I don't, I'm not, why? Did Fred Astaire do a Latin inspired dance based on the bullfighting? Yeah. Set in France, though. I mean, there I is know. bullfighting in France, but that's like not, that's not like commonly known. Like there's a running of the bulls in France, but like no one knows that. I mean, and it was like, that it was like clearly a Spanish reference. They're in Paris of all places. Like what, what is that about? I don't know. That seemed very odd to me. And when I was reading the trivia, there were some like sort of unkind remarks about him. I mean, I thought he was still live and good in this, but like other, there was comments that because he was older, this was kind of like towards the end of his. I mean, he's 60 years old in this movie. Yeah. So like they were saying that his dancing wasn't as good and he had like put on weight (laughs) (laughs) um and fred astaire at his worst dances better than like 99.9 percent of american men at their very best so i know (laughs) and he has this style that i just love where he's very graceful and he makes everything look effortless Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like he just kind of like floats along and Mm -hmm. it's so fun to watch but yes I agree with you about that dance that I was like this seems totally out of place and I didn't think it particularly showed him off that well Mm -mm. no um I did like the music I will well you know I love Gershwin (laughs) (laughs) so I like the music a lot I liked the Bonjour Paris song I was singing along to that one. Um, I liked Clap Your Hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that one was good. Um, of course, Wonderful It's Marvelous is classic. Yes, but I also like don't understand why they why it's not just it's wonderful. Like, why is it's wonderful? It's what so obvious why it can't be it's wonderful. 
<laughs> why? Because it's wonderful. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't ask <laughs> questions. <laughs> um, I mean, I was. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe this is you're like, like you get out your like copy editor's pad and be like, actually, <laughs> I just like don't understand why it's like that. Because they're like when they're singing it, they're just like you know, like swaying, and they're like, there's no reason why they couldn't just say it's wonderful, it's marvelous, and so they're like, it's wonderful, it's marvelous, <laughs> like, but like, but why? <laughs> it's so funny because when I was watching this movie, I was like, I don't know if Hill's gonna like this one very much. <laughs> I like. I mean, I do feel like this movie is like feels like payback for making you watch Oklahoma, but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean it's but like this, 90 minutes shorter <laughs> yeah and also like there's nothing disturb well the professor was like a little handsy but like there's nothing disturbing about this movie oklahoma's yeah it's like another beast <laughs> yeah well and actually i'm glad that you mes- mes- mentioned the professor because one thing i appreciated was that you know joe stood up for herself and she she was clearly she was interested in the philosophy and even though her like she, i mean she believed that that like she was having like an intellectual conversation with the professor and it when she realized that he was like coming on to her and just like seeing her only as like a beautiful woman or whatever she you know she said no and she said no multiple times and she stood her ground and when that dude did not listen to her she smashed a very expensive sculpture over his head and I you know I hate that that character was put in that position but I also appreciate that she took care of herself and she like stood her ground and she was like I'm not letting myself be okay with this like guy that I've idealized like woo me like I'm interested in this guy for his brains not because like I want to be in a relationship with him and like that's you know i i respect that yeah i liked that she just got out of there and he was like very aggressive in a way that like it felt true to the period of like well mm-hmm. why would you put yourself in this position where you'd be alone with this dude yeah so i was uh, like i was glad that she did stand up for- and it, nobody had to rescue her right like yes. she did it yeah yeah well and even when like uh you know dick dick did kind of like dick and and maggie like go to the go to his house foster's house to like to essentially rescue her or to be like you know like this isn't what you want you need to be like whatever you know she also stands her ground to them and says like no i'm here for a philosophical conversation in paris that is what i want and then turns around and when she realizes that's not what she's getting, she like stands her ground. Flastra as well. Like, I mean, that takes guts. What's the like? What's the line from Harry Potter? Like, <laughs> you. It takes like it takes bravery to like stand up in the face of your enemies, but it like takes even more bravery to like uh, stand up to your friends. Yeah, that's true. And your heroes, like she could have been mm-hmm. kind of overpowered by like all of him mm-hmm. but she wasn't mm-hmm. I was sad that it went that way for her though because it so often seems that way like if you're kind of a 
Mm-hmm. younger woman that it's like oh finally someone's taking me seriously and like someone I respect is like showing an interest in me and then it always ends up being something like that and yeah totally I felt bad for her <laughs> yeah I did too I've been living my own life making my own decisions for a long while now it's impossible to go back to being treated like a child again are we are we ready to talk about the Bechdel test because I have things to say about it. <laughs> I want to hear what you have to say about the Bechdel test. Well, I said that, I mean, one of the first things I wrote down was that it passes the Bechdel test immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be- be- like in the opening scene, it's all women and they're talking about work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's. That's true. Yeah. The Think Pink song is ridiculous, but it is about, <laughs> it's about work. It's not about men. No, it's not about men. And a lot of the conversations between women in this movie is not about men. Mm-hmm. I think most of, most, if not all of the conversations between Miss Prescott and Joe are just about the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only until the very end where like, it's like almost a joke where she like, like Maggie gets what's going on with Joe, which is that Joe is having like a lot of conflicted feelings about Dick. And she like, she, she like, you know, the whole thing that the philosophy that Joe is interested in is empathicalism. And so like Maggie is like, oh, I know what you're going through. Like you are having troubles with this man. And like, you know, I've been there, blah, blah, blah. And Joe's like, that is empathicalism. That is like what I, that you're feeling empathy. (laughs) And like, that's what I've been trying to tell you. And like, like even that is like, that exchange is like less, almost less about the men the the man than it is about like that like connection between those two women which you know I guess is kind of yeah it was about ideas Mm -hmm. I mean I appreciated that the Prescott character was very fully developed and just the fact that she opens the movie I mean this Mm -hmm. is supposed to be like a romance but Mm -hmm. she was a major character and got a lot of screen time and you know she was an older woman and and like a professional woman and I Mm -hmm. liked seeing that and like the the movie just had a lot of professional women and which was which was great like it it felt I mean it's sort of undermined by the fact that Joe's just like oh one man kissed me in a sort of creepy way at at my place of employment Mm -hmm. well now I've lost my head (laughs) (laughs) but you know if you set that aside compared to other movies from this time there are way more women characters and they're not all like housewives I appreciated that yeah that is a good like yeah that's a really good point and the Prescott character also like the whole spread is like it's not about just being like beautiful which you know wasn't necessarily great messaging but like someone who is intellectual is -hmm. like what makes someone a real Mm -hmm. woman yeah although did you love that like they do the whole thing pink thing that everything should be pink and at some point someone i forget who it is says to maggie like why are you still wearing black and she's like well i'm not wearing pink like that's ridiculous (laughs) that felt true to the fashion industry for me too because it's just like everyone wears black all the time So I thought that was really funny. There were like a couple different funny scenes in this movie. But yes. Mm -hmm. So did you, do you agree that it passes the Bechdel test? Yes, absolutely. We all want to help one another. 
Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. What about social justice? I'm not sure that it had like a strong social justice, like the rest to it. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. I'm trying to think of almost anything that would have been social justice in this. I don't know. I, mean, I can't. Fashion seems like a topic. Fashion and like, I mean, she. She says that she's like really wants to go to Paris and like that's all she wants to do. And so it seems to me like she doesn't have the means to go to Paris. And then all of a sudden, like this like fashion magazine is like, oh yeah, we'll just take you to Paris tomorrow. Like to me, that like underscores like a big class divide. And yeah. so, but that like isn't developed at all in this movie. That like, I mean, because like Dick basically says, like, in response to her questions, like, you know, I'm a fashion photographer because people don't pay me to take pictures of trees. People t- pay me to take pictures of models. And like, it pays really well. And so I'm going to do that because like, I make a shit ton of money. And, you know, that's what I'm going to do. And there's no like discussion of whether he's like happy doing that. I mean, she just kind of assumes that he's like more intellectual than you know Maggie and like the other people who are involved in the like the fashion magazine for some reason she makes that assumption um I guess because he comes back to help her like put away the books or whatever but yeah but I don't I don't I don't think there's like much thought about the world really and if anything they sort of underplayed the fact that she Mm-hmm. all of a sudden was staying at this like fabulous hotel and wearing these designer gowns and mm-hmm. doing like fabulous outings and things like it seemed odd that she wasn't commenting at all about yeah like being amazed by everything so mm-hmm. yeah but she's yeah. like she seems to be just as amazed about like everybody like dick and and maggie are just as amazed about paris as she is in the bonjour paris song yeah i mean (laughs) that song as much as i enjoyed that song that was something that seemed unrealistic to me like if they go to paris a lot they would have acted like they were all cool and like unimpressed by it (laughs) you know how people do so yeah the fact that they were all singing along to it i didn't think was i right it would have just been joe (laughs) Yeah. Although I loved that, like, there was the, like, a little scene where, like, Maggie is trying to, like, conduct business in French and she's like, she, like, puts her hand up or something and she's like, I'm trying to have this conversation in a different language. Like, chill. <laughs> Everybody else. And, like, that's, that felt very real to me. <laughs> like, you have to like give your t- your brain like a minute to like change over to the other language well and we didn't talk about this but you know did it feel like you've been to Paris you've spent time in France did the depiction of it feel true to you it felt like a very true depiction of Paris and I say that as someone who's a little bit snobby about Paris like because everybody is like Paris is like Paris is where you go in France and like there's like nine thousand other cities and France go to one of those um <laughs> so yeah I mean it, it did like make me like I was like oh yeah I, w- I would be excited about going to France because France is cool Paris is like an interest it is an interesting city yeah that Mike watched part of this with me and he reminded me that he had suggested we go to Paris for our honeymoon like that was uh... where he wanted to go we still have not been to Paris <laughs> ever but at the time like we just we couldn't afford it but 
Um, and now there's a pandemic, so it's probably not <laughs> going to happen for a while, but yeah, it is on my short list. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a really cool city. And I like the last time I was in Paris, I was really sick. And so like I, I was there, but I felt like I really couldn't appreciate it because like, because I was sick and that was, you know, 15 years ago. And I like, still, I'm like, oh, I wasted a trip to France. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can't help that. I mean, yeah. you can't help being sick. Yeah, true. Um, every time we, we've watched so many movies set in Paris at this point. I know. Hillary, have you thought about that? That it's like so many, I mean, it was like an American in Paris, uh, Paris Charade. Jazz, Charade, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like all mm-hmm. So it feels like a sign that we maybe need to record a yeah. future podcast from Paris. Yeah. Yes. I think it's okay. a good idea. All right. Um, so. Or at least like a Twitter poll. Yeah. <laughs> favorite movie set in Paris. <laughs> yeah. I think we should do that because we've done, I mean, if we actually went through them all, I bet there'd be more than that. Yeah. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you rate this movie? A two? Is that? It's <laughs> <laughs> really low. I like, I know, even for like optimistic me, I'm probably never going to watch this movie again. But I mean, it, I mean, it was ridiculous. I, I like, I appreciate, I'm glad that I watched it. And I'm, you know, it was like interesting to like see Fred Astaire and Audrey Hepburn, but like something about their pairing was very incongru- incongruous for me. Maybe it was because of the 30 year age difference. Maybe it was because they don't think of like Audrey Hepburn as being like a star in a musical, but like there was something, something about this movie that I was like always just <laughs> going, wait, what is happening? Why? Why is this movie like this? um so like I don't regret watching it but I'm never gonna watch it again oh my gosh you really <laughs> hated it I didn't I know a two means a two from me means I hate it a two from you means that you loved it um, <laughs> I wouldn't say that I hated it at, I wouldn't I would not say that I hated it but I'm mostly just like what is this movie and what is happening <laughs> yeah I, I liked when they were dancing on the barge <laughs> there was just like this movie seemed like it was almost designed just to have like really cool Mm -hmm. stills Mm -hmm. yeah I guess because so much of it was about photography but yeah um, I think that makes like it's a movie like it's meant to be like photographed rather than like watched yeah I would say I would give it a three which was <laughs> like I didn't love it I didn't hate it I enjoyed I enjoyed like the style of it mm-hmm. it was just it just had such a strong like way of seeing the world that was really fun and I like I mean I like stuff about fashion too I'm interested in that mm-hmm. and I like both of the stars even if I didn't like them together <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I mean I probably would re-watch it as kind of a background movie just because I like the music oh, yeah. um, and you could kind of like glance up at any time and be like oh that's like that's a beautiful image or mm-hmm. that's true. Like I enjoy this. So, so I, I liked it more than you did, but I'm not surprised because this <laughs> is like a very, it's a very musical, Emily movie. Yeah. It's more of like a musically musical and it's, <laughs> and I don't have a problem with Audrey Hepburn in musicals. Cause I think it might've been the first movie I ever saw her in was my fair lady. So, uh, but she uh-huh. is dubbed in that, but um. Mm-hmm. 
but I still kind of thought of her like oh yeah she's she's in musicals that's a thing that's true (laughs) um so yeah that's that's my take on it (laughs) (laughs) also it made me want to like have a reason to wear ball gowns and gloves and like strange capes that cover everything except your face (laughs) yeah which like is a whole thing like I don't even know what that was about I don't either and the fact that she was wearing that and the professor was still like hello I was like you could literally see none of this person but anyway (laughs) (laughs) um so what's our next movie Hill? Um, our next movie is Grand Hotel. Yay, another fun summer movie. Yes, an ensemble cast. May it please the court, I submit that my entire line of defense is based on the proposition that persons of the female sex should be dealt with before the law as the equals of persons of the male sex. Follow The Screen Sirens on Twitter at The Screen Sirens. And leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud to help other people find us. Thanks for listening. After all... Tomorrow is another day.